Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Ricky. And this is the Season 3, Episode 13, uh, Beer and Broadband Podcast for September 14th, 2020. And uh, we're back, you know, after being gone for however long, th- two months, three months. I'm not, I'm not sure because uh, I didn't count. I didn't think to count. Uh, do you know how long we've been gone, Ricky? Um... <laughs> been about like three months, right? Yeah, I think it's been three months. Uh, but we're back, and so we've got some stuff to talk about, some brewing topics. Um, today's probably going to be mostly about brewing and uh, maybe some of the projects we've been up to while we've been off. Um, so let's just hop right into it. We are going to do one of the uh, wines that I brewed over the, uh, the, well, I guess over the last year. Mm-hmm. But this one I brewed on... Um, Sometime in, uh, I believe it was May, I think that's when I started it. I could double check real quick. Um, but it is a pie mint, and I bottled it in uh, on the, the, the 1st of July. Uh, it ended up being about 13% ABV. And it uh, used uh, Lawthen BM 4x4 for its um, yeast, which ended up, I've been pretty happy with them. Now, this one is a spiced one, so I put Mm -hmm. um, cinnamon and a little bit of clove, uh, a lot of clove, uh, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, You'll you'll see what I meant by that in a minute. Um, And... um, I used some, you know, of course, uh, just grape juice. I didn't use anything else. Um, and uh, that was pretty much it. But I'm going to look up on my brew sheet so I can say what day I um, did I did this. Um, so have you taken a first sip of it? I have, yeah. I actually really like this. Like, you're right. There's a lot of clove in this. It's like the predominant flavor. Um, I should have put, like... like two in and i put four well i mean i'm gonna say this though i really like that you know it gives it like a a bit of a medicinal taste but in the same sense that like things like jägermeister are medicinal right like that's not necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. if the flavors complement each other it's still got a little bit of sweetness left you can taste a little bit of the cinnamon mostly in the heat but you know grape and cloves do not go bad together no they do not um you know we've i think last season we hit a lot of the things you made um, and I, I had some critiques, a lot of them, but this one, I, I mean, I really like, I'm going to finish this bottle. Um, this is frankly really good. I like this. Yeah. I, I, I think it ended up great. I, I'm not the, just the one thing that I'm like, Oh, I did a little bit too much. I should have put two instead of four in a gallon. Um, but it was, um, uh, one pound of wildflower honey. So mm-hmm. raw wildflower honey. Uh, I don't, I don't remember the brand that I used. Um, well, back to the date, I did it on the 17th of May. So, uh, and then, uh, it's been, uh, you know, either aging or, or finished up its brewing, but it was one gallon of grape juice, um, some Earl Grey tea, cinnamon, uh, like four whole cloves, raisins. And, um, I added, uh, some two ounces of rung oat chips. Uh, mm-hmm. in the secondary, uh, on the, uh, on, uh, in June, June 7th. Um, 
So I, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I like the other one, uh, the the wine uh, that I made two gallons of. Um, mm -hmm. It's basically the same base, just it has one more gallon, uh, one more. It's a pound of wildflower honey per gallon. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same everything except I didn't add as many. Um, I didn't add any spices to it in, gotcha. in the secondary. So. But it's oaked and everything. And they have uh they have different flavors, so we'll be able to talk about that a little bit. I think you'll like both of the both of the um these that I've I'm ended up making. I, I can I feel I'm beginning to feel more confident. And the BM four by four, I feel like it added a lot more um fruity esters to the yeah. To it. So, well, so I, I, I started talking about it because I'm kind of nerdy on it and I'm, I'm a little bit excited about it. I will shut up now and you talk and tell me your opinion of it. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's really good. I think that I know this is one of those ones that had like a really long brew time. And I think that benefited it um, because, you know, when it takes that long, you know, months and months for it to complete its brewing, it's really aging at the same time, you know, because the stuff that's already been produced is just sitting there. Um, so, I mean, realistically, this is like almost five months aged mm -hmm. and it really is mellowed. I mean, there, it's almost 14%, but it doesn't really taste that high. I mean, it's probably tastes closer to like 11%. And I don't know, I'm just digging the clove. Like I like things with a lot of flavor. Nothing here really conflicts with each other. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I won't say it's the best thing we've ever made, but it's like in the top five. It, it's certainly the best thing that um, we've had since quarantine started, at least in my opinion. Um, this is something that I will absolutely drink the rest of it on. And I would be more committed to drinking it like in this podcast if it wasn't almost 14%. Because <laughs> I want to stay uh, <laughs> together for the whole thing. But yeah, uh, I'm, no, I'm definitely not really going to drink a whole 12 ounce bottle of this. It is <laughs> it's way too much. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean that it. I, I was surprised that it that it did it as well as it did. Um, I feel like I'm I'm getting a little bit better every time. Mm -hmm. I, I I know that we talked about the sweet apple wine that I made last time, um, and it was fairly dry. Um, but I've like the more it's aged, the better that one's got. Also, mm -hmm. almost like this one. Um, and you have to back sweeten it. So that, that is one of the topics that we have today, but I'm just going to go ahead and address that. Um, so I, when we were talking about it before, I didn't back sweeten it or anything like that, but I knew I needed to. Um, so like when I remake that, um, you know, I, after I let it go dry, my methodology for back sweetening would, would be to add about 20 points of sugar to it, mm -hmm. uh, probably brown sugar, because that adds like a kind of caramel note to it. And that's, I really think that's, nice with apple um so uh that that's what my plan is for the next uh wine that i make off that recipe to be yeah i can definitely see that being really nice yeah even just that little bit of sweetness does it just helps bring out other notes mm -hmm. like it's not necessarily just the sweetness it's like you can taste more thing because it's a little bit sweeter yeah exactly um so what uh well I made a coffee mail yesterday, mm -hmm. um, and we we went back and forth talking about that. And you've got some opinions about this. I'd like for you to get your opinions out, like your your thoughts out, <laughs> even though there there may be like a little bit of criticism on my decisions on this. 
because I gave you the like we talked about it like via Discord and mm-hmm. you know, a couple times. So what what are your thoughts on it? So my thoughts, if I was going to make a coffee melt, is because normally time you know when you make something with coffee, you're either putting in beans or you're doing cold brew or espresso powder. Did a lot of research on that when we were kind of talking about it. I do think cold brew is probably the way to go. You normally have to dilute that anyway by about 50% if you make it with like standard strength. So I'm thinking half cold brew, half water and honey. Combine those in, make it a lower ABV, like six to 8%, maybe as high as 10, and aim to not really age it. Because from my research, even like commercially produced and sanitized, cold brew only stays like in its peak performance, its peak freshness for about six months. So that's like right at the tail end of like where you would let something over 8%, but like less than 10 kind of sit. Because, you know, just as I said with the wine, I like a lot of flavor in what I'm drinking. So I don't want it to have like muted coffee tones. I want really powerful, really fresh coffee tones. So I I put it together yesterday. Um, it has about three and a half pounds of, of um, honey in it for uh, a... Um, a uh, a gallon mm-hmm. um and that puts it at about 13 percent mm-hmm. um so i don't know what's going to end up happening with that uh could be bad <laughs> could be good <laughs> we'll see um i've uh I, I i used some of the um ideas uh from one of the um from from one of the channels that that I've watched, so I, like I, I looked at uh, Man Made Mead and City Steading, and then I did a lot of research on my own, mm-hmm. like read articles and things like that. And I and and while I'm normally um, cool with you know doing something like someone else did, um, I I'm more wanted to know like what is the what what is the the kind of facts around it and mm-hmm. and some of the things i found contradict some of the things that you say so since this is an experiment only i just decided i was only going to do one gallon uh so 100 grams of coffee and two quarts of water to make the cold brew uh, and i used a medium roast coffee from starbucks it's uh pike's peak is the one that i normally just drink for my um whatever uh it's, you know like i said three and a half pounds of mead and two quarts of water to kind of you know dilute the the cold brew and then i put in some yeast holes in it to give it a little bit of extra nutrient mm-hmm. um but i didn't add any yeast nutrient i might throw some yeast nutrient in it when i um go to check it next week um just because it really hasn't started up uh today for all the other brews that i made yesterday really um start like started going i made uh five things yesterday i made a regular apple cider um a hibiscus apple cider that well, really it's going to be a wine um a coffee mill and a uh let's see coffee mill banana wine um so and a strawberry wine so we'll see how that how that ends up turning out <laughs> i don't know how whether it'll be um you know any of it will be good or bad um 
but yeah so for the for the coffee mail you know i went down a little bit more like what city studying did because like when man made me they did their thing they used um coffee grounds and some espresso powder and like some of the other things but the big one was like they brewed their coffee and yeah. that just made it like even like a year later the guy was like oh you know this is just it's terrible i've been letting it sit for a while like to kind of mellow out and it just it won't mellow um he added more you know sugar honey to it to to make it more palatable i guess and it just it didn't end up being that great so um we'll see how it turns out i'm hoping that it will be good hoping <laughs> yeah i mean i think city setting did not have a bad recipe they just had some poor execution um I think the lack of any nutrients really hit them on that one because you don't have to do that for a lot of things like this pie mint, you don't ever need really nutrients for that unless you're really trying to do the brew quick because the juice has nutrients but coffee like the, the cold brew is not going to have anything the yeast can eat apart from just the sugar and the honey you know there's trace amounts of vitamins and other chemicals they need to really be healthy so when you're not going to give them that in the additives like you're not putting in juice or you know whole fruit for them to kind of latch on to just got to give them something to eat um and i think i, I kind of called in the first video before they drank it like well, it's going to take a long time to finish if it finishes and it's going to be hot because it's going to stress it and they opened it up exactly what happened it didn't complete as much as they wanted to and they kind of said oh it's almost like it's got the stuff of peppers and like that heat because you stress the yeast well, yeah, but after they, in, in the third video, it turned out being like exactly what they wanted it to. Uh, I mean, I watched all three, and in their third video is when they said, you know, this had the heat, it didn't really finish. No, they, they in, in the final video, they did another one after that, They or the last video that they did or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched actually, that one. They, they said that they're happy where it went, but their comments were, you know, it didn't get as high as we wanted, it ended early, and he said, that's okay, and that is okay for stuff, yeah. you know. But then they hit on the, man, this really reminds us of the one we made with peppers because of how hot it is. And they were happy with it. Like, they liked it. But if you in video one can say, well, I know how this is going to turn out because you've got your recipe off a little bit, then that's exactly what they got. Whether or not you like it, that's all subjective. But you can't deny that the reason it has those characteristics wasn't by chance. Get, I get what you're saying. I guess I took away something slightly different, and maybe I need to go back and and rewatch that. But like what what I got from, um, from what they were saying is that the this thing turned out the way that they wanted it to, but it took age to make that happen. And they go for a more like natural brew, where we don't necessarily always do those things. Like you and I, um, you know, I. I, I've I've been experimenting with using without using and with using yeast nutrients, with using without using you know other things and so um, like using raisins and tea, um, I tend to find that that works really well uh, for me, and what I'm doing. But it doesn't like it takes a lot longer for my stuff to brew right than than some of the other things that we've done, where like in a week or two a lot of those things can can often be finished right yeah but that's kind of my exact point though raisins have nutrients like even if you're not putting in like a, a nutrient powder which is generally just like ground up grains and stuff like that you're putting something in 
that give the yeast food. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's kind of it. It doesn't really matter what the source is, you know, if you're going to use specially formulated stuff or just natural whatever fruit you have around the house, you know, it's got to have something to eat if it's going to get to a high ABV. You know, if you're going to throw it in there, it's only going to brew for like a week and a half because it's only getting to six percent. Doesn't matter as much but when you're hitting those, you know, ten, twelve, fourteen, the stuff you'd normally age. If you don't give it something, it's not generally going to get that high, which I think is where theirs landed. It landed at about 10%, and they were aiming for 12. Just because if you don't have enough food in there for it, even if they've got the sugar, you know, it's just like people, you know. You can give us a whole bunch of, you know, just like pure fat, one of our most efficient energies. But if we don't have vitamins, then eventually, you know, things aren't going to turn out well for us. Um. I I mean I agree with that. That's that's one of the reasons I've been trying to find some some things that will help to improve the the way that my um, brews have been going. So trying to make and uh, and especially right now add more than just raisins. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in the last batch of brews that I did, that uh, fruit punch mead, I put like actual fruit in it. I um, drop some uh uh spices in it and things like that and i and i've got it in secondary and i'm probably going to drop some uh, I, and i also oaked it for two weeks um and it it probably after it finishes i'm probably going to back sweeten it a little bit because it's got a fairly nice fruity flavor but it's got like some real lemon overtones to it um because i put some lemon and limes in it and I want to see if I can tone that down some by by bringing out some of the sweetness. But otherwise, it's got like nice characteristics. I might also th- um, throw uh, some some spices in there because I think mm-hmm. it would it would lend well to that wine um, or that mead. But I mean, all to say that I I think that's where I differ from them on stuff. Like I'm willing to you know throw some extra stuff in if it's going to help the process. Um, but I don't know, like one of the things that I do um, like in their kind of methodology is just let let it get done. Let the yeast get done with whatever it's going to do. It doesn't matter if it takes five months or, or six months, just let it do whatever. Um, and this isn't a criticism on City State. If you, you know, if we're lucky enough that, that Brian and Derek ever listen to uh, our um, our show or the dude from, <laughs> from uh, Man May Meet ever listen to our show, um, you know, we're, we're definitely not hating on, or at least I'm not hating on their stuff. I don't, I don't think you are either. No, um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, just more, it's, they, they've got some good ideas. I think, uh, just some of their, some of their stuff, you know, they're learning just as much as, as I am, I think in some areas, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I like a lot of the, the way they do things. If they were, I'm sure they do. So I haven't watched enough of their videos, but I watched a couple more after um i watched the ones for the coffee mail the approach they take i think really works well when you start doing things with like wild yeast when you don't want to use packaged you know i'm just going to take a bunch of fruit i'm not going to sanitize it going to condense it all down let it brew in that because a lot of that's a lot of the methodology you have to follow when it is a a non-commercial strain of yeast just give it what time it needs because it's just in the wild just like anything else the only reason i push back on that for you know commercially available yeast is these things are selectively bred to be in certain conditions and that includes how long 
they're brewing. So the, the more you take them outside of their ideal temperature or brew time or alcohol percent, the, the really the worst those yeasts are gonna perform because they're just a tool in this process, you know? Like they're just one more ingredient that kind of has to be handled with care. Just like, you know, if you don't, if you go out and you buy like the cheapest, you know, a hundred additives juice you can get, you're not gonna get as good a product because you're using one of your tools, you got a bad tool. Well, with these commercial ones, you know, you have amazing tools, but if you don't use them right, you're not going to get a product as good as it could be, you know? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think maybe you should watch some more of their, um, uh, of like what they're doing and what their methodology is, because I think they're like some of the stuff that you've watched might've been closer to the early stuff that they did, uh, where they were just beginning to learn. I mean, definitely that coffee mill was, you know, out there at the at the beginning um but maybe there's also like a difference because their their results kind of say something different than what you you're saying right now uh at least from my understanding of what they're getting from them and and some of the things that i've done uh where like because so like i always sanitize everything right Mm -hmm. uh if i'm using fruit i cook it it, to a certain extent Uh, maybe not um like you know, cook, cook, but I at least heat it up or, I, you know, do something that's going to, you know, sanitize it, mm-hmm. um, put, pour some alcohol over it, like a, a whiskey or a rum or something. Yeah. Something um, like that. Or even the stuff like the Sandstar you, uh, you clean your stuff with that yeah, that's safe. So you can dunk it in things like that. That's drop, what I'll generally do. Yeah. Uh, just cause you can cook them. And I know some people do, but the idea of that is you're getting it hot enough to kill the bacteria which is still hot enough to change the sugars in the fruit. Because when you heat sugar up, it inverts. So it changes into a different sugar type and you lose some of those fruit flavors. Well, that, that's that's really what I what I want whenever I'm cooking it though. So like uh, with the bananas, I for the banana wine I made, and we'll talk about that later, like part part of the process, I cooked some of the some of the bananas. I left the other ones uncooked um, and I mashed them all up and then and then I dropped dropped them in there because I'm hoping to get some of those converted sugars into it. Kind of like um, a, a kind of like a, um, a uh, toasted banana, like a bananas foster kind of flavor. Yeah. Um, but that, that's not really what inverted sugars are. So when a, when a sugar invert, it basically changes to just a different, like a different flavor of sugar, but an entirely different chemical combination that you can just buy. Like if you invert apple, it's the same thing as if you invert table sugar. Um, and that's kind of the reason you want to avoid it sometimes is because what makes something taste like banana or apple, a lot of that is in the unique combination of the sugar in them, which you lose if you heat them up. It's kind of like why, you know, when you bake an apple, if you bake it too much, it essentially just kind of becomes a sweet mush. It doesn't have the apple, but if you heat it, you know, enough that it's soft inside, but hasn't torn down all of the core sugars. It still tastes like apple, you know? So the, take, let's, let's take apple, for example. Example. So let's suppose that I want to have a caramel apple kind of flavor, uh, and it's specifically something that's closer to like a baked apple pie. I might want to cook the apple chunks that I put inside of a mead or a wine to be able to bring some of those flavors out. And you can get that into your, into whatever you're making. So that's more what I'm saying when I'm saying like I would cook something like that. 
Um, you know, like I want that flavor of that cooked thing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the same thing with like a bananas foster. Like you, you're roasting the banana when you do something like that. You know, and you're 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 caramelizing some of those uh, sugars, and it, you're changing them, and they're not as fermentable. Uh, some of the sugars won't be fermentable, but that's okay. You're not doing the whole thing; you're just doing some of them. Um, and so I'm trying to get some of that change. That was one of the ideas that I had for the banana wine that I did was that I wanted to get some of those sugars to change there. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that when it comes around to it, that that's the way that'll turn out is that it, that it actually has some changed sugars in it. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I get exactly what you want, but I guess my argument is that's not really the way you get some of those flavors. So you can absolutely like invert a fruit. And if you put the whole fruit in there, some of that flesh will have its own flavors from its own reaction. Because it essentially goes through the Maillard reaction just like anything else. You know, it browns, it changes its com- compost. Some of it will caramelize, some of it will Maillard, that's the outside, depending on how you're cooking it. But those, that inverted sugar is a defined product that's 100% fermentable. You're not going to get any flavor from that sugar the same way you don't get any flavor from a lot of additive sugars if you do it in the initial brew. You know, that's like what separates mead from other alcohol brews because the sugar in mead isn't, as honey, fully fermentable. So some of it will stick around. But inverted sugars won't. They'll completely get eaten up. So just when you're sitting there trying to say, okay, I want to have some of these flavors in there, what a lot of people will do is make simple syrups to be added in. So that's where you can get some of that like after the fact. I just haven't had too much luck in cooking fruit and expecting it to have the flavor from the sugars in it. You can get the flavors from the flesh, which is, I mean, all well and good. But like, if you want to make something that's like an apple pie meat, because I've made one of those before that turned out okay. You know, you're really going in after the initial brew and you're putting in this like what i used was like a caramel syrup that had been made with some apple peel to get those oils in it you know you can't necessarily put like baked apples into the primary and get much of a baked apple flavor back out let's see what happens with my banana wine because i basically did what you're saying i can't do um and if it ends up if it ends up having something else that happened with it, maybe we need to explore the science of that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying you can't do it. Like, it'll be there. You'll get some of it because you're not blowing those bananas away so much with heat that none of their natural sugars are left. It's just you'll get a better, cleaner flavor if you separate those tasks a little bit, at least in the stuff that I've made and the research that I've done. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But we're, yeah. we're But I'm doing, like, you know, this very, like, I've done it specifically this way. I'll try it a different way the next time. I'm only doing a gallon of it, so I have that kind of flexibility to do that. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, and, you know, probably by the end of this, we'll at least have, by the end of the set of podcasts that we do, like on our last recording day, uh, something where I could probably send you a sample of it. It'll be very young, but you could tell me kind of where it is. And it's probably yeah. only going to be around 9 or 10% ABV. Um, I think that's what I've got it set for, for the banana wine. Yes, yeah, about 11% ABV is what it should end up being. Um, if it 
if it ferments with what I've got in there right now. It could go up higher, um, it, depending on if I add more sugar to it or not. Um, but I may have some that you could you could try and see how it ended up. I'm imagining it would still be kind of burning and young, though. Yeah, it probably would be. But, I mean, you can ignore a lot of that when you're just tasting for primary flavors. Like, secondary flavors won't come out as much. But we'll see how much, like, is it banana versus something else. Yeah. Uh, so, on a complete change, you know, like, I've talked to you about this before. Um, you know, my dog, Cooper, he had a uh, uh, terrible, I think it's called a CCL um, for mm -hmm. his ACL like tendons in his leg. Uh, but he tore his and we took him to go get his, um, his, his surgery on them uh, earlier this week. Um, and I know like when we were playing D and D the other day, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but um, I just want to tell everybody out there, if you got a dog that's, that's like this, just be prepared to carry it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like 50 pounds and I just I, like, he wants to jump up on stuff and everything. Uh, he starts like kind of trying to hop and throw himself up and I'm like, nope, nope, you can't do it. That was way too expensive of a surgery for me to let you tear your, mm -hmm. your, 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 your tendon again or whatever it is that, that ligament that runs through there. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a thing. Um, yeah, so, that's yeah. always so hard with dogs because, you know, puppins had like a more permanent issue um, when she was with us and dogs just don't get it. like they have they have the resolve. They're like, I know this hurts, but I'm still me. I'm still going to do all this stuff. Right. And it, you got to watch them to make it stop. And, you know, thankfully, you know, Copper's going to get better. And Cooper's going to get better. And, <laughs> um, you know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to him running around again. Because when they lose that mobility, especially if it's in like something that can't be ignored, like a back leg as much, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's hard. Well, he's already running now. Like he, we can't stop him from running. He's not supposed to, but he'll get like he'll get up and like run across the house. Um, so we're not letting him go outside and run any because yeah. it has to be on like level ground. But we can't stop him from running in the house. And sometimes he'll even like jump off of stuff. Like we'll, well, I'll pick him up and I'll put him on the ottoman in the middle of the the living room, and he'll just like. The, something will happen at the door and he'll just doo, jump off of it. Now he's, he's on pain medicine. So it helps to dull some of that stuff, but he is just like ready to go now, now that he's like, he's instantly more active, uh, on that leg, even with it being hurt than he was before. Um, and it doesn't make the, the, the best thing is anytime he puts weight on it, it doesn't make the popping noise that it was. It, it made a noise. that sounded like, um, plastic popping, over the last like two months, three months, it started mm -hmm. right after we, right after um, we were in lockdown. But he like, he, like you, he'd go up the stairs and it'd just be like click, 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 click every hop that he made up the stairs. Uh, it was it was quite terrible, um, very worrying. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm just I'm glad it's done. I'm glad that he's he is finished, um, and so. Hopefully, uh, he'll be, he'll be better off. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm hoping anyway, but I got about two months ahead of me of carrying in places and doing stuff. He gets the cone of shame off though, in like a week and a half. So I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. That cone is annoying. He can't quite get into his bowl. So like he puts his head over it and it's like, he's got like some sort of like weird, 
you know, like thing over the bowl. It's strange. <laughs> it just looks weird. I'll have to send you a picture of it at some point. Uh, but you know, he's sitting there and he's just munching away. Same thing with like his water. It's just, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So got anything else you want to say about that? No, no, I think we, we touched it pretty well. All right, cool. Well then in that case, um, this has been the 13th episode of season three of the beer and broadband podcast. Uh, you know, like I said, it's supposed to come out September 14th, if I remember to post it appropriately. Uh, otherwise, uh, we will catch you the next time. Have a great day and a good week, hopefully.